Hi, this is Carrie Mitchum. Welcome to Hollywood and Beyond with your host, Stephen Brittingham. Enjoy the show. Send host Stephen Brittingham your comments and questions to Hollywood and Beyond Show at gmail.com. That is Hollywood and Beyond Show at gmail.com. Stephen looks forward to hearing from you soon. Hi, this is Carrie Gonzell, actor, producer, writer, and creator of stateofslay.com. Slay, in this case, being an acronym for self love, appreciate you. State of Slay is a blog that I created documenting my journey from the darkness of depression to living in the light today and focusing on the positive. It is a safe place to encourage one another and walk together as we find empowerment and self-love. I hope you'll join me on my blog, stateofslay.com, where we walk and slay together. Slay on. You can receive all the latest episodes of Hollywood and Beyond with Stephen Brittingham delivered to your favorite listening device by subscribing to the show on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or whatever happens to be your favorite podcast listening service. Don't miss out. Tune in. Tamara Miller, portrayed by Jacqueline Beetham, has planned a weekend getaway with two of her best friends. Hi! <laughs> Thank you. The boys next door offered us shots. I will be right back. Yeah, she's something special. You send those, those three ladies down there? When she gets kidnapped by demented individuals involved with the backwoods cults, I think you've got a present underneath all that wrapping. We curse men like you. Ooh, are you a witch? Eerie and unexplained occurrences arise. Will she make it out alive or become the treasure of these deranged lunatics? Welcome to Hollywood and Beyond Podcast with my extra special guest, the talented and lovely Jacqueline Beatham. Enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of Hollywood and Beyond Podcast. Friends and listeners, it's good to have you here. Thank you. This is host, actor and writer, Stephen Brittingham. A very talented and lovely lady is my guest today. In addition to her numerous acting accomplishments, which include a role on the haves and the have-nots as Amanda Cryer, my guest is also a skilled ballerina. Her name is Jacqueline Beetham. 
As mentioned during the opening segment, Jacqueline is here to discuss her latest film role in Getaway. Fantastic performance, too. I'm looking forward to learning more about her artistic journey very much. Jacqueline, welcome to Hollywood and Beyond. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. And I'm equally as happy to have you here. So nice to be speaking with you. You as well. Thank you. And where are you joining me from today? Um, I'm in Los Angeles right now. I um, am currently quarantined. <laughs> yes. We all are. <laughs> yes. Aren't we all um, these days? Yeah. It's such crazy times. But I'm in Los Angeles just hanging out here and ready for things to get back to our new normal. But just who knows when that'll be. So I'm excited that our movie's coming out April 14th, so it'll hopefully entertain people at home while we're all just, you know, waiting this time period out. Absolutely, and uh, how are you handling everything? It's been, I mean, I think every day it's moment by moment, just, I think, especially in our generation, we've never gone through anything like this. I mean, even my uncle and aunt, my parents, you know, they've, they've never gone through anything like this. So I think we're all kind of just learning how to deal with it. And it's pretty crazy that it's only been a month and it feels like it's been so much longer because we're just so used to with technology and with the pace of our lives. Now we're all used to just going, going, going that I think just stopping and not being able to really do much has been a huge learning curve and a test of patience and um, resilience. And I think it's been really good for a lot of us, but of course there's times where you're just like, Oh my gosh, this is maddening. Um, but our one job right now is just to stay home and to let, you know, the world kind of heal. Cause this is a world pandemic. It's just not, you know, Americans. So I think that it's just crucial for everyone to stay home. Um, so yeah, well said, I think Jacqueline. Taking, well it, said. taking it day by day. <laughs> That's about the best we can do, isn't it? Just take it exactly. day by day. I, I will tell you, Jacqueline, that I have a rescue dog that I've had for over a year. Oh. Sophie, in- English Cocker Spaniel. But oh, you know, I had a Cocker Spaniel growing up. Oh, you I did? Yeah. Aren't they special dogs? They're amazing. I mean, they're so smart and loving and loyal, aren't they? Yes. They're <laughs> the sweetest. Oh. Well, I'll tell you what. When I take her for walks, and I'm sure you can recall with, with your pet, uh, that they love walks. But, you know, mm-hmm. it's very surreal. You know, it's just sometimes I don't see anybody, and then sometimes I see a whole bunch of people, and everybody's avoiding everybody, which, of course, is very understandable. But it is mm-hmm. very surreal to me. Just uh, yeah. seeing so much emptiness at times. Like sometimes I see no traffic and and nobody out. And those moments, I I wonder, like, wow, am I on an episode of The Twilight Zone or The Walking Dead? <laughs> exactly. And Jacqueline, yeah, thank you for mentioning I feel that. that. Way too. 
Um, I, yeah. I really appreciate that because I actually have told a few people that recently that to me, it reminded me of episodes of the walking dead. And someone said, mm-hmm. but how? And I said, well, think about it. Uh, you see a lot of empty streets at times on, on those episodes. And, and, and it kind of made me think of that and that we've got a virus, you know, worldwide, uh, health matter that we're dealing with. So it just kind of made me think of that as well. It's interesting you thought that too. Yeah. I. It's interesting though, because even though people like we're avoiding each other, because I run a lot um, and I've been still going on runs around my neighborhood. I live in a part of LA that's pretty secluded and it's um, near the water. So I've been lucky. I can see the ocean every day, but I, people will still stay away from each other, but humanity is like so beautiful right now because people still wave and they're nice to each other. And I think that we needed that. I think that people have been so ruthless to one another. And I think we've lost that human connection of really just watching out for one another and taking care of one another, no matter what the circumstances that's going on in our life. Um, And I can see that so much now, just even in grocery stores or just on, you know, the walks that I've been taking. Um, And that's all I've really been doing is going to the grocery store for when I need to. And then just going on, you know, walks or runs every day. And it's incredible just to see how different people are right now. And I just hope it remains that way once we get out of this pandemic. Me too. And I've been trying to be extra courteous to people and go out of my way to wave at them, even when they're crossing to the other side of the street. And, <laughs> and if someone is, if we're, you know, you know, you're on walks and sometimes two people are about to collide, right? And I'm always like, no, uh-huh. you go ahead. You go ahead. You and your dog can go first. And so I'm trying to do my part. And, and well said, Jack, Jacqueline. I really hope that we all won't be exactly the same when this is all hopefully over in the not too far distance that we can uh, learn from this and, and and spread some more love around. Yeah. Well, I'm so uh, happy to have you here today. Such a talented lady. I enjoyed your performance in getaway very much. Great performance, really good screen presence, uh, a very well-paced film, a nice buildup. And I'm not going to spoil anything, but let me just say (laughs) this, twist and turns. Uh, I have to admit, I actually was caught off guard by the direction of the film. Yeah, that's amazing. That was our goal. We, I... I can usually call out things that happen in a lot of films all the time or TV shows. And so it's always so exciting when things happen that you just had no idea, you know? And so that was one of our goals in the movie is we really wanted to surprise the audience and give them something that they weren't expecting. Um, And I hope that that happens to a lot of the viewers and just helps them take their mind out of this situation that we're in just for, you know, an hour and a half and give them a little entertainment. That's, I couldn't imagine a more essential time for a movie to be coming out right now. So um, I'm so happy to hear that you were, sh- were shocked by some of the stories. I was. Really I, I was taken aback. Let's put it that way. Amazing. 
<laughs> and I'll tell you, you and your co-stars, the other two ladies, you all had excellent chemistry together, and and everybody really gave a, a very good performance. I, I have to tell you, that car that you drive, uh, in the beginning of the film in particular, uh, what a cool-looking car. I just, I was like, I would love to go for good a spin Mustang. in that. Yes. Yeah. Very yeah. nice. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Not the easiest to drive. But... Not the easiest to drive, because you were actually driving. Oh, yeah. I was yes. terrified. <laughs> and, I mean, we're, we're an indie film, so we didn't have streets blocked off. So we're luckily shooting in a very rural area, but there was this one truck that kept wanting to drive by every shot and we're like, Oh my mm. gosh. Like he was just excited to see cameras and us shooting. And, sure. um, so, but I was like, get out of the way. <laughs> I'm terrified. <laughs> I'm terrified to be driving this car. Right now. It's for your own safety. Please, uh, please, please. step back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you had me fooled there because you look like you've been uh, driving that thing for years. It's acting. <laughs> That's right. Hey, great job in that scene. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I had I'll to tell find you. all the gumption and and security and strength I could to pull that one off. <laughs> well, you know, I noticed a, a lot of wind during that scene. Oh my God. Well, we shot in November in North Carolina. And so it was in those night scenes, it was about 30 degrees. It was freezing. And I think one night it got down to 27. We thought it might snow. Um, Luckily it didn't rain and there wasn't any moisture in the air. So we were fine, but it was so cold every day and there was so much wind. Um, So yeah, it was, not the greatest weather, but we did what we could with it. So, <laughs> but yeah, there was a lot of wind, which I felt so bad for um, the sound guy and for our our sound editor. It just was a lot of work that Lane had to do to get the wind and everything controlled for the dialogue. So it was just very windy. That would be challenging now that I think about it. I, I have to say yeah. that. So hopefully they will take this as a compliment. I thought all of that win was perhaps even partially intentional, and I thought it added some sort of element to the scene. Yeah, for sure. I think so. I think well, it turned out great. Thing. I feel yeah. I think that there was a lot of things like that that happened that were like it actually helps the scene, or you know, you you figure. I had never been a part of post-production and so it was so interesting and educational um, to be a part of that and see how an editor or a colorist or, you know, all the different steps or sound design kind of goes into making the movie what it is. And without all those steps, really a movie can lack so much. So it was really interesting. Like you said, there's, you know, lighting or coloring or anything like that can really make a scene so much better. So it sounds like you also learned a lot as far as production. Oh <laughs> I learned so much. And I think just even this was the first full feature that I had ever produced. And um, I learned so much and I have so much gratitude now for producers and for crew 
I had never realized it because as an actor, you get there, you do your job and you leave. Um, but as a producer and writer, you're there first and you leave last and you just realize how much goes into it and how many people you have to take care of and how important each job on the film and production is. And without that person, it's so much harder. And so I'm so grateful now I'm going to that. I'm just like, well, <laughs> thank you so much for being here and doing your job. Like you're vital. Um, and you don't really realize that until you, you are part of production behind camera. That's so nice. Uh, that's so nice to hear. And you're right, Jacqueline. It's a team effort on an artistic project, isn't it? Yeah, 100%, especially an indie project. Oh, yes. Most definitely on indie projects. Very true. Now, you mentioned the weather. So what part of North Carolina was this film shot at? It was in Randolph County, which is kind of in the middle of the state. So it's kind of like an hour and a half from Raleigh, an hour and a half from Charlotte. Um, it's it's a great area because their weather isn't as treacherous as being like in the mountains or the beach. Um, it's kind of protected by the mountains. So the weather wasn't as bad as if we were in other parts of the state, um, but it was so beautiful and the city was so wonderful and so supportive of us. So I was really grateful for being able to shoot there. I used to live in Southern Pines, North Carolina, next to Pinehurst. I don't know if you've oh, heard of that awesome. area. Yes, yeah, I did. I've I, heard of it. I'm trying to think where that's by, but. There's a lot um, of golfing in Pinehurst. And I did oh, a lot cool. of theater there. Nice. Yeah, I actually did a play last December for, they're called Rhino Leap Productions, and it's this um, theater company in Randolph County, and they're wonderful, and they put on oh, wow. amazing plays, and they're a great theater company, and um, yeah, it's amazing. So theater's <laughs> wow. really prevalent in North Carolina. I had no it idea. Is. Well, that, yeah. that's, that's, that's amazing. That's so nice to hear. Now, yeah. Jacqueline, if you don't mind me bringing this up, in a very respectful way, of course. So you mentioned okay. how cold it was. So yeah. uh, my question now is, was the entire film shot in North Carolina? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> or was there a few carefully selected scenes elsewhere? No, I was freezing. Oh, I mean, I, my goodness. I'm, in my under, like, I'm literally in a bra types <laughs> literally <laughs> for 90% of the film. Um, it was so cold. I don't know how I did it. And there's a scene where I get dunked in water and mm. it was probably the coldest day, of course. Um, when we shot that scene and there was not, there was no sun that day. It was completely overcast. Um, I don't know how I did it. I just grit and bared and did it. <laughs> But yeah, oh, it, was, my. it was really cold. Um, but, you know, it was 12 days. We shot the whole film in 12 days and 12 we days. did it. So, yeah, it was very quick. That's something else. Got right yeah. to it. Got right, got down to business. And, and throughout the film. You an indie film and you have a small budget. <laughs> <laughs> you have 12 days issue. That's right. Got it. You've got to get to it and 
get the job done, and all of you did. So congratulations on on the results of of Getaway. And so many people wanted to buy your character and the two co-stars as well, the other two ladies, drinks throughout the film. So that -hmm. must have been uh, pretty enjoyable. And, you know, I was thinking, Jacqueline, that, I mean, obviously those are more fun type of scenes, so to speak, at the bar, for example. Yeah. And, And it must be fun to film those as well. Uh, you know, in that mindset, just kind of having a good time. Yeah, it was fun. I mean, I think I was super stressed a lot of the time because I was, I had so many hats on. I was writing, producing, I was the executive producer as well. And then the lead actress, but it was so amazing. I also dance and so I teach dance and so I was teaching some classes at a dance studio in the town that we shot at and so all the people that are in the bar were actually my students or moms of the students or people that were dancing and so they (laughs) all got to be in the movie yeah and they were so excited so being able to put them in it was such a cool thing to be able to do and have them be able to dance on camera and get like kind of their first acting or, you know, dance credit in a film. That was really amazing. I bet it was. And I'm sure they appreciated that. Oh, they had a blast. They loved it. They loved it. And Jacqueline, you are one of the screenwriters for Getaway. Yes, correct. So you mentioned wearing different hats. Was there any moments where perhaps you or others were like, you know what, maybe we need to change the dialogue right here and now? Oh, that happened scene by scene. (laughs) Okay. So an ongoing theme throughout Getaway. Gotcha. Yeah. So Lane Torrin was also, he played um, Merv, and he also directed it and was the other writer, screenplay writer on it. And so since he was directing and I was producing, we would take moments and be like, okay, no, just say this or do this, or that's not working. Let's do this. Um, and I think that's why with an indie film, it's so nice because if something isn't working and we were the director and producer, we could change it and just do it on the fly right then and there. Um, and have that comfortable openness with all the actors where whatever wasn't working, we would be like, okay, let's just do this. And this feels better. And I, I loved having that freedom because with a lot of TV, you can't change a single word, um, which is totally fine and great because you're respecting the writer's process and their words. But it was just, it was really fun to have a process like that where it was just so open where we could see what worked and what didn't and then change it. Um, I really liked being able to do that. It was great. That sounds very exciting. And I'm sure you of all people know, Jacqueline, that even the big studio projects often ride on the fly when, when you start yeah. filming and go, ah, you know what? I don't think that line will work after all. Or here's a new idea. Yeah. Exactly. Well, uh, now there's a lot of scenes at night, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of scenes as the film yeah. goes along. So I assume this uh, took some late night shooting for you and the crew and the cast. Yes. Um, we did 
half of the day, we did shot all the morning or like day scenes and then took a day off in between and then shot all night scenes. So we did like a day in between so we could all transition and then we went into the night shoots, um, which was weird. I had never done anything like that. Um, I've done night shoots, but usually it's like one or two and then you're done, not six in a row. So um, but yeah, we had to find the right cameras and do all that because a lot of it was all night and we wanted to use as much natural light as possible. Um, and we use a lot of candlelight and things like that in the movie at night. So, uh, that was just learning all that kind of stuff was so interesting and so fun to be a part of and learning about cameras and, you know, what lenses and all that had to go with each shot since it was at night. And just think for the next project, I mean, if you're going to be a producer or involved with production, just think of the experience you've gained from working on Getaway. It's going to be just so beneficial for you. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yes. Now, is it difficult for you, Jacqueline, to get enough rest during the day before long night shoots? Or oh, were you just too busy? Sleeping. You were not sleeping. I was, yeah, I mean, because we didn't have enough hands on deck and you have to do call sheets and do all that kind of stuff and download all the footage onto hard drives and do all that stuff. I mean, I was helping do a lot of that and then prepping and getting everything ready for the next day because I was a producer. I was doing, you know, a lot of that. And so... And then I'd have to also, before bed, go over what we were shooting the next day for me as an actor. So it was just a lot. I think next time I definitely need a producer that can help me through it because it was so much. And I'm so grateful for everyone I had. But we also needed, we only had an AD for like the bar scene. And then we had an AD for two days and that was it. And an AD is like so vital <laughs> and so important, <laughs> um, assistant director. So yes. I think, you know, you learn things and you realize like who you absolutely a hundred percent need while filming. And, um, especially when you're filming that fast, but I think that, you know, the more budget you have, the easier, of course, everything is, but you do what you got to do, you know? <laughs> That's get right. It. Whatever it takes to get the job done. And exactly. Now, is screenwriting uh, something that you want to continue on doing down the road? Yeah. Um, I actually really want to move into comedy. Um, I love oh, wow. comedy so much. And I have um, one of my friends and I have been writing a pilot and then also been writing a film together. So we just started doing that, especially during quarantine. We have so much time. So you yes. been throwing out a lot of ideas and figuring things out. And, um, yeah, so we'll see. I, I love writing and producing. I think eventually I would love to not be in front of camera and move to the other side of camera. Um, so that's kind of my goal, but I still very love interesting. Morning, so, yeah. Wow. Very interesting. I, I, I can see that happening. Um, very talented and, and, and bright, uh, artistic person like you, I, I can definitely see that happening. Most definitely. Oh, well, Jacqueline, I'd like to ask you, what mm -hmm. was the most challenging 
scene or moment in the film as an actress. And I asked that because there's a lot of, uh, wow, a lot of scenes where you had to obviously uh, had to bring a lot of emotion to the scene, whether it be a combination of anger and fear. I'm sure you know what I'm trying to refer to at, at, uh, you know, at a certain point in the film. But I have yeah. to say in advance that what I really liked about your performance was that your character is not one that I would describe as a victim, even though it may seem yeah. that way on the surface. Because, I mean, you really kept that fire inside her the whole time. And yeah. I, I really was intrigued by that. So congratulations on, on displaying that so well. Thank you. Um, I think that was kind of my goal because throughout my career, I've played the victim a lot and I wanted to play a more dynamic role. And I think that people sometimes confuse victims that especially, especially women that have come out of a situation where they were abused or were victimized or taken people don't realize how strong those people are that they were able to survive and come out of something that was so terrible. And so I kind of wanted to show that and show the strength that women have when they're put in these situations and that you can never undermine someone's strength just because of what they look like on the surface. And that was, a huge part of why I wanted to make this film. And so I think that her having that fire within her, even in her biggest moments of fear or vulnerability or loss of control was so important um, just to execute and for the, for people to see that. So the fact that you saw that is so incredible and that makes me really happy. Um, yeah. So I think I think throughout the movie there were hard scenes. My favorite scene that we shot was with Noah Loudermilk who played Kib and he comes into the barn and there's just this beautiful vulnerability from both of us and he's such a brilliant actor and he was my favorite to work with. Um he he was pretty green. This was his first movie that he'd ever done, but he just blew all of us out of the water. I mean, he was so talented and he was just so easy to work with. I didn't really have to do much. <laughs> he just brought it out of me. Um, That's so nice. I think, I think that was probably just my favorite, um, mm-hmm. favorite scenes to shoot for sure. Thank you for sharing that Jacqueline. And, and he did a great job and, and I really enjoyed your scenes with him very much. It made me think of another gentleman that I really enjoyed your scenes with because he just came across in such a sincere way. I will say his character was really trying to uh, make some inroads with your character, but was <laughs> just just not having much luck there for the most part. And, and that would be the gentleman that portrayed Officer Jerry. Yeah. Jamal yeah. Walker-Smith. And what was it yeah. like working with this gentleman? He's wonderful. Um, he's so lovable and so likable that just like when he did the scenes, you're just like, oh, you feel so bad because I'm <laughs> constantly turning him down and I know. manipulating the poor guy. Um, but he's just, I mean, he was perfect. 
he did such a great job and he was just, he's that person in real life where he's just so sweet and so giving that it just resonated on camera so well. So yeah, he's wonderful. I love Jamil. And sure did. And I wanted to be sure to bring him up. And Well, now let's see here. The editing of the film. Were you involved with any of the editing production? Um, I was in the room a lot. Um, I obviously didn't do it. I am not technologically sound. <laughs> um, but, yeah. I, I can relate I, to that sometimes. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Nafee did the first edit, and then Lane Torrin um, finalized the last. Um, few drafts of the film and you know we would discuss things and do we like this do we like that and um but they did so much work and I'm so grateful for them and Lane I mean spent so much time on doing the edit and he did the sound and the coloring I mean he's so multi-talented it's insane um and he put so much work into it and I'm so grateful for everything he did I mean I can't really say that I did anything. I was just in the room <laughs> um, <laughs> contributing my opinion, but that's about it. There you go. Moral support. You can't underestimate that. Yeah. Especially when you gave such a outstanding performance, Jacqueline. Very well done. Thank you. And, and, and very well-paced film. So obviously goals were achieved there. And I just wanted to ask you, there, there was a lot of nice music in this film. Yeah. Um, we have... There, we used a lot of local artists that were in Randolph County, um, incredible musicians and great bands. Um, if you guys like it, we listed all the music at the end of the film. Please support them. They're incredible. Um, and then Lane actually is a musician as well, and he scored the film. And, I mean, I don't think awesome. we could have finished this film without him yeah i mean he did so much and it's remarkable i mean everyone just needs to applaud him a million times um but i'm so grateful for the bands that supported us and um contributed their music it's it helped the film so much and i i love it well i have to tell you i am loving this conversation because I feel like you are just really given such an in-depth uh, description of the filmmaking. And I want to thank you so much for that. Now, of before course. I ask you about your artistic journey before Getaway, going back several years, how can folks view this film? Yeah, um, it's going to be available for rent or buy on iTunes, Xbox, Google Play, um, I'm trying to think what else. <laughs> all over the place, it sounds Apple, like. yeah. I mean, it's pretty much in all those streaming devices and services. Um, and it comes out April 14th, so it's so soon. It's crazy. I think that's only four days away. Wow. Um, I know. I can't believe it's finally here. It's the month is so going by, fun. isn't it, Jacqueline? I'll tell this you. This year. I feel like January was the longest month in the world, and then now it's just like zipping by. I just I can't believe we've been in quarantine for thirty days. It's just incredible. But um, yeah, I, it's four days away, so hopefully everyone will find it and 
be able to rent or buy a getaway and be able to see it. I'm so excited. And I'm excited for you, and I'll be sure to share some information on the Hollywood and Beyond social media pages. And uh, I just want to encourage folks to to definitely watch the film, and and you and no doubt they will be very impressed with your performance and and screen presence. And um, um, I, I, th- I think they can get lost in this movie. It's got it's very twisted at times, but of course that's just part of the <laughs> the the storyline. I mean, genre, that's a, yeah. Yes, absolutely. And uh, I don't know, it's just one of those films I just thought was very interesting. And, and I was uh, very interested in seeing how it would conclude. And, and like I said, twist and turns. No doubt about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you once again, Jacqueline. So generous of you to share so much about Getaway. And, and, and I just want to wish all of you the very best with the production as it's released. Well, I would love to ask you about where you are from, but I thought before that, if you don't mind, I discovered that you have a very interesting heritage. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, uh, Mine is pretty simple, mostly from England, but yours is a little bit more uh, detailed than that, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Wikipedia, I don't know who put it on there, but it's like I'm like 18 different things, which (laughs) is not true. Okay, Um, glad to hear that. I'm Spanish, Samoan, Navajo, and Irish. That's it. <laughs> and, and that's enough. That's a nice recipe. That's enough, but I think there's literally like 18 different ethnicities <laughs> on Wikipedia. I think you're um, right about used, that. Yeah, I used to think that I was Welsh and um, German, but when we actually did our genealogy and then I did the ancestry, you know, DNA testing, and we figured out it's actually Irish. Um, hmm. So, yeah, it's kind of crazy, but my both my grandparents were migrants, and they came to the United States. My grandfather was from Apia, Samoa, and my grandmother was from Mexico, and but she was Native American. Um, so it is a very eclectic little combination. Um, but, yeah, no one ever knows what I am. I've gotten that, <laughs> what are you, question since I was a child. <laughs> well, I hope you didn't mind me uh, bringing it up there. Oh, no, of course. <laughs> Very unique beauty. And I, I figured there was uh, an interesting uh, backstory to that. So thank you for sharing that. And where yeah. are you actually from? Uh, I'm in Long Beach, California. So I'm a California girl. California uh, girl. California girl. <laughs> well, no wonder you're so artistic. Um, but your artistic journey, though, way before acting, was in a different area. Yeah. Ballet. And I would love to hear, how did that all start for you? Um, I actually was a gymnast. I had a ton of energy as a child or as a baby. And so my mom put me into gymnastics at two years old. And I did it competitively until I was about 11. Um, And then my sister went to cheer camp and there was like a dance camp there as well. And I saw the dancers. And so I started taking dance class when I was 12 years old. And my, um, my coach was like, she just needs to be in ballet. Like, this is what 
her body and facility and structures built for. And so I really started pushing hard in ballet and I fell in love with it. And then Donna Delcini um, at San Jose Ballet took me under her wing and became a mentor and got me into the Houston Ballet at 15. And I moved away from home at 15 and danced professionally. And that just kind of became my whole entire world um, until I was 23. And that's when I started acting, but um, I had a really long career and I'm really grateful. Like ballet is always my heart and my therapy and I still teach and dance um, whenever I can, but my body's getting a little too old for it now because it's really jarring on your body. And I've been doing it for so long that, um, it's taking a toll, but with ballet as well, if you don't do it like eight hours a day, it's hard to continue doing the really extreme moves and things that uh, (laughs) are cool in ballet. So, yeah. Well, I can tell Jacqueline, if it means anything, by just looking at some of your photographs where you are, uh, you know, striking a pose with your ballet or an example of, of, of what you can do uh, with ballet. I'm very impressed, but I can see the joy that it brings you in those photos. Yeah, I love it. It's like my whole heart. It's amazing. Well, you know, Jacqueline, have you ever seen the film White Nights? I haven't. Well, uh, of course, Gregory Hines is in it. It's, it goes back to the 80s, has a wonderful soundtrack. For example, Lionel Richie's Say You, Say Me, uh, Phil Collins with Separate Lives. Uh, such a powerful film about artistic freedom. And uh, I would encourage you to see it because Mikhail Baryshnikov is in the film. And there's oh. just so many amazing scenes and then when you take Gregory Hines with his tap dancing and Mikhail Brishnikov they have these scenes where they dance together I would just love to encourage you to see it it's just well worth it okay yeah I'll watch it for sure well that sounds wonderful now you told me off the air I brought this up that you have danced at the Academy Awards what was that like for you Um, It was crazy. The audition was an open call. Um, There was over, well over a thousand people and it was all televised and they hired 10 of us. And I think I was there like 12 hours dancing. And when I booked it, I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. Um, And then being able to just do the whole process was really great. And um, John Chu was the director of that um, whole dance sequence and opening sequence. And I had worked with him, I think a year or two before that on a web series for Paramount called uh, League of Extraordinary Dancers. And he's just, he's a visionary and just an incredible director. So anytime you know, to get to work with him is such a blessing. So, Very yeah. exciting. Great. That, that's something that's very cool that you can be able to say. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that is just wonderful. And I have no doubt that you must be very talented with your 
with your dancing. Uh, it, it, you. It's clear to see in the photograph. So I, if you don't mind, Jacqueline, I just would like to encourage people to visit your Instagram page because yeah. you have a lot of photos. And what is the official way to do that? Um, just it, my handle is at Jacqueline Beetham, J-A-C-L-Y-N-B-E-T-H-A-M. Um, yeah, and just go to my handle and I try to post as often as I can and also post about getaway on there too in a few days once it gets closer to the release. Well, a picture can paint a thousand words and Aww. I see a lot of words in, in your photos. So uh, I just wanted to encourage folks out there to, to listen. I get inspired by photographs, so I can't help it. And Me I was just too. like, wow, look how she just really, really loves her dancing and just put a smile on my face. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now, Jacqueline, I came across some information, but you are the person to tell me that, you know what, that's just an exaggeration, like my heritage. <laughs> yeah. And that, and that you was... You never know with the internet, there's some crazy stuff. Absolutely. Now, say. on the one hand, Jacqueline, I will say in advance that it's very plausible, okay? I can, I can see this as a fact, but then again, you never know. And that is that I came across some information that you had either walked to, into a modeling agency or an acting agency, and, and you got signed late, later the same day, and you didn't even mm-hmm. have an appointment. So is that fact or fiction? That's fact. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. I, when I went into a modeling agency, I just asked for a meeting, and they're like, we don't do that. <laughs> and then I, I was like, oh, okay. I just was curious. And, um, as I was walking out, the agent was like, wait, hold on, come in here. And then the first audition they got me was for an Adidas campaign called fit to win. And I booked it. And so it kind of just happened. And, uh, I, I mean, I was so green. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, and I had no intentions of being an actor, but my friend I was living with, she was a dancer and, and she was breaking into acting was, wanting to go to this cold reading class, which is a form of acting class. And she asked me to go with her just as moral support. And I'm waiting there and she doesn't show up. And the acting coach was like, you should do the class, like take her spot. She already paid. And I was like, (laughs) I don't know. Like I didn't come here for me. This isn't my thing. I don't even know what this entails. I've never acted a day in my life. And I did the scene, um, and afterwards, she asked me to stay after class, and she asked me if I had representation. And I was like, I don't know what that means. And she was actually a manager, and she became my first manager, and she's the one who booked me on the haves and have nots. So I had no idea I was ever going to be an actor. And I was 23, which is really late to be in the game, um, but it kind of just happened. And uh, yeah, it's kind of crazy. It, it it's a crazy industry, isn't it, Jacqueline? At yeah. times, <laughs> yeah. To say I the mean, least, <laughs> expect the unexpected. That's that's what I tell folks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just. I mean, that's the thing. I think people, you know, move to Hollywood because your dreams literally can change one day. You could be just walking down the street, and the next day you're the lead on a TV show. You just never really know. Everything happens so quickly there and um, your life can change literally in a day. 
and then sometimes it never happens for people. So it's just, it's the city of dreams and the city of letdowns and you just have to have a tough skin and just keep pushing and keep working on your craft. So they eventually won't be able to say no. Excellent description. I wholeheartedly agree with you, Jacqueline. And you know what uh, I was thinking while you were giving that fantastic description is that it also is very, very important to be ready for an opportunity because Mm -hmm. some folks have had opportunities, but because maybe they just weren't focused enough, they put some things off and they miss an opportunity. And sometimes that keeps me up at night when I think about that because uh, although the unexpected can happen, it's good that you are mentally and physically and emotionally in a in as good a place as you can be, wouldn't you say, Jacqueline, to, to be ready for an opportunity? Yeah, and I think, too, it's like if you don't have the discipline and drive, then this yes. is not the business for you because you have to be so disciplined and you have to have so much drive because it is long hours. It's a lot of work. People don't realize you read scripts every week. You're auditioning, learning lines every week for jobs that you'll never do. And you just have to keep pushing and keep going. And it's so much work that you don't get paid for. Um, And you have to be in class and you have to keep working on your craft. And like you said, working on your physicality and your mental stability because playing certain roles is very jarring on your body and your mental health. And it's, you know, you have to be stable to be able to pull out of that. And I think people don't realize that as well, that it's more than just showing up and doing an audition or showing up and doing the job. So yeah, 100% agree with you. You can have an opportunity, but it can blow by very easily. And that's why 200 people audition for one job or like the Academy Award job. I mean, there were thousand people and only 10 of us got it you have to be on your game you sure do and and you most certainly are i can tell you that much so (laughs) so keep up the good work and jacqueline i'm thinking of something that's very interesting to me Mm -hmm. and that is this so you've experienced two worlds i mean obviously screenwriting and producing but let's just say ballet dancing and acting So, with you being a person that I would consider an expert to answer such a question, what is the most challenging between the two for you personally? So, when you do one and you do the other, what when you shift gears, what is different as far as the challenge aspect goes? Um, I think for me, I'm a perfectionist. So I think the similarity in challenges for both would just be letting go and realizing you can't be perfect in either and just trying to be as present and in the moment with both. Um, Because with both, you have to be in the moment right before you do a triple pirouette on stage or, you know, if you have to cry and you have to really listen to the other actor and find that feeling if you're not in the moment with both then you're not going to be able to achieve the performance that you're trying to exude and so I think that's always been the biggest thing for me is not worrying about being perfect and getting the performance that I expect out of myself because if you're thinking about that then you're not going to be in it um 
But I think the most challenging thing from going to one is the other, from the other is, I mean, they're just two different entities. That's like saying going from driving a race car to riding a horse. I think it's just, they're completely different art forms and physical strengths and capabilities that I don't really know what the most challenging thing from going to one or the other, because in a way they are very similar and then they're so polar opposite. Um, because people, I didn't realize that I used to act every day in a ballet, you know, you're playing these characters and you're having to do full expression with your body and face. Um, it's just, there weren't words coming out of my mouth, but I still was acting every day. Um, so yeah, I'm not really sure how to answer your question. <laughs> well, you just um, answered it perfectly. I, okay. I, I find that to be a beautiful answer. Uh, and uh, I like the part that you emphasized about perfection because uh, it's something that I can relate to and it's something that I have learned recently. Well, although I strive for excellence, please make no mistake about that. Sometimes you have to tell yourself, you know what? I'm doing the best I can. And you know what? That's okay. Maybe yeah. if I'm not, you know, 100% perfect and whatever I was attempting to achieve, if I'm doing it with heart and I'm sincere and I tried, I mean, doesn't that really uh, add up to so much at the end of the day? Yeah, 100%. Well, Jacqueline, I love your answers. It's so nice to speak with you. I'm having a blast. I hope you don't mind me asking a few things about your acting career. I noticed that one of your first early credits was on America's Most Wanted. I just wondered if there was any story behind that by chance. Um, It was one of my, I think it was like the 10th audition I ever had. Oh, something okay. like that. I'm trying to remember. My first audition ever was for the Adjustment Bureau which Emily Blunt ended up playing. I was so oh. green. I had no idea what the heck I was doing. Um, gotcha. And obviously I would have never booked that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I mean that it was actually really sad doing that show because it was a true story and they were still trying I to see. find this woman's murderer and scary. You know, you're portraying someone that was killed and they're trying to, you know, find her killer and bring justice to her. So it was exciting because it was my first acting job, but at the same time, it was kind of just like this bittersweet, but then yes. you're like, oh, I booked my first acting job. So <laughs> it was kind of a strange, strange thing. I see. Well, of course, um, I noticed uh, before you um, would eventually go on to the haves and the have nots, which I have to be honest with you, Jacqueline, I have not seen yet. But now that I've learned so much about you, I'm looking forward to it very much. I noticed you had a credit on the uh, most recent version, or perhaps I should say the one that followed after the original series of 90210, not the, the last reboot on Fox. And was that just as a small appearance on that show by chance? Yeah, that was just a small little, gotcha. little co-star role. Um, that was a long time ago. <laughs> and it must have been exciting for you, though, just to be like, hey, I'm, a, I'm on a primetime show here. <laughs> yeah, and it was before Have and Have Nots, and uh, it was fun. It was really cool, and I got to dance in it as well, and it was fun. I liked it. It was a, well, a big shoot. After I start viewing... Um, 
the one program that you worked on for for quite a while, for numerous episodes. I would love to have you come back and maybe discuss that down the road. Sure. Well, let's see. Before we conclude here, I thought I would ask you, since there's so much personal reflection going on right now in particular, you know, you just have, again, remarkable screen presence. So I would like to ask you, is there a type of role or character that you have not portrayed yet? that you maybe have on a wish list or you go, that's the kind of woman, that's the kind of maybe, maybe she has a certain type of profession, for example, or maybe she's in a certain situation. Well, it could even be the historical production for all I know. In other words, is there a certain type of role that you haven't done yet that you just really would hope to do one day down the road? Yeah, I really am trying to move into comedy. I mean, I love Uh drama and I love, you know, doing all that kind of stuff so much, but, and I love playing strong women and I love, you know, being these dynamic characters, but I really just enjoy comedy and being on a set where there's just so much laughter and bringing the funny. So it's good to to laugh, isn't it? On the set. Yeah. That's what I, I'm really focusing on right now. Um, but of course, I don't would never turn down a theatrical job for sure. drama. But um, yeah, I think just comedy is my my love. So, well, Jacqueline, I have to thank you once again for all of your time. It's so generous of you to spend of close course. to a full hour with me. I'm a lucky guy. <laughs> so, thank you very, very much. You're welcome. It's so great chatting with you. And I sure hope you'll come visit me down the road. I would really enjoy that. Sounds great. I'll talk to you soon. Hollywood and Beyond podcast created, produced, and hosted by actor and writer Stephen Brittingham. Thank you for listening. Thank you.